Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Israel in the Valley as we pick up in Exodus chapter 14, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So, the Lord led the children of Israel, and He turned them down into this valley towards Belzephon, a mountain range. And on the other side of them was Pihiroth, another mountain range. So they went right down into the valley towards the Red Sea. A mountain range on their right, a mountain range on their left, the Red Sea in front of them. And now the dust of the Egyptian army as they come up behind them and they seal off the valley. When they told Pharaoh where the children of Israel had gone, he laughed. He said, oh, they don't know anything about this land. They've gone right into a trap. They they can't get out of there. The land has swallowed them up. They were trapped. Now, at this point, the people started to cry against Moses, and well might they cry against Moses. He he, he showed here a bit of stupidity. Leading them into this valley of which there is no escape, no way out. And they said, hey, what are you doing? I guess there just wasn't enough graves back in Egypt. You brought us out here to bury us in the wilderness because there was, didn't we tell you to leave us alone? What are we doing following you? We'd be better off being servants back there than being dead here, better dead than red or red than dead or something. And, you know, why have you done this to us? And really began to give Moses a rough time. This is the beginning of it for Moses. He's going to get a rough time from these people from here on out. So many times we look at a leader in an envious way, thinking, oh my, he's so lucky he gets to lead the people. Just follow the account of Moses and you'll see how lucky he was. Why have you dealt with us to carry us out of Egypt? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? We've been better to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the wilderness. Moses said unto the people, fear not. They probably thought, oh great, our leader has a plan. (laughs) Then he said, stand still. See, the salvation of the Lord, oh, he's crazy. We were crazy to follow him. What are we doing here? Don't be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Come on, Moses, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see them again. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Now, Moses assured the people, then he started crying unto God. (laughs) Don't be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Those Egyptians, you're never going to see them again. You know, God's going to fight for you. Now you just hold your peace. Then he gets in and says, Oh, God, you know. (laughs) What are we going to do? And I like this. The Lord said, hey, why are you crying unto me? Well, I'll tell you why I'm crying unto you. I'm in trouble. We're in a trap. But God said, wherefore criest thou unto me? In other words, there's a time to move. 
There's a time for action. There's a time when we get off of our knees and start moving. God has a time to pray for sure. But then there is also the time when we need to start moving. And that's what God says. Hey, wherefore Christ unto me, get moving. Now's the time that you need to be moving. Speak unto the children of Israel that they are to go forward. Oh, I can't do that, Lord. They'll stone me for sure. There's a Red Sea in front of them. How can I speak unto them to go forward? But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. They'll follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh. God says, I want to get that guy yet. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten honor upon the Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Now the cloud had been leading them. And now the Lord takes the cloud and puts it behind them and lets it settle down so that the Egyptians find themselves in a heavy fog. Can't see a thing. Now the light is still out in front of the children of Israel so they can see what's going on. The pillar of fire is still there. The children of Israel are walking still in the light of the pillar of fire, but the cloud has settled upon the Egyptians. They don't know what's going on. They're in the camp of Israel. But what is going on is that God brought a strong east wind, and he divided the Red Sea, and he heaped it up on both sides. And by the east wind, dried the bottom of the sea so that the children of Israel walked through the midst of the Red Sea on dry ground. You say, oh, I can't believe that. Well, I feel sorry for you. Just how big is your God anyhow? You know, I feel sorry for people that have to make excuses for God and say, well, it was really the Sea of Reeds, and it's really very shallow. It's only a foot or so deep. And many times the, the strong winds will actually drive the sea back, and there are portions that you can cross that sea because it, it's at the best two or three feet deep at the worst. And, and so it was just the Sea of Reeds, a shallow marshy pond, and, and they were able to cross it. You see, it really wasn't a miracle at all. God didn't heap up the waters on both sides like he said. It was just a shallow little marshy pond that they passed through. My, what a marvelous miracle that God could drown the whole Egyptian army in a shallow little marshy pond. <laughs> One way or the other, you've got to face a miracle in this story. You can't get away from it. It's there. Now, I'd rather just believe it like it's written. Just believe it like God said. God's big enough. I have no problem with, with the power of God, the greatness of God. And as I told you, God is going to teach them now to trust in him. But the first thing he has to teach them is that he can make a way when there is no way. Now, I want you to look at this thing again. They're in a trap, very definitely in a trap. Why are they in the trap? Because God led them in the trap. 
God said to Moses, all right, turn on down here towards Belzephon. It was God who led Moses and the children of Israel into the trap. God deliberately led them into a trap in order that he might manifest unto them his power of delivering them out of the trap, delivering them when there is no way of deliverance. God can make a way where there is no way. Now, many times in our lives, God leads us into impossible situations where we look to the right and the left and we see the mountains on both sides, we see the enemy behind, and we say, oh, woe is me, I've been better off if I'd stay back there and died in slavery than to die out here in the wilderness. There's no way out of this. There's nothing we can do. Everything is gone. Oh, there's no hope, you know. And, and we feel that, like, you know, God leads us into these places of just total desperation and desolation. There's just nothing to do. In order that he might demonstrate unto us that he has resources we know nothing about and that he can make a way for us when there is no way. It's marvelous to be led by God because God will never lead you in the, into anything but what he won't lead you and provide the way out. There is no temptation taken unto you but what is common with all men, and God with the temptation will provide the way of escape. I can't see any way out. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. There's, there's, I'm surrounded. The outlook is dark. I look behind me and there's the enemy. I look beside me and there are the mountains. I look in front of me and there's the Red Sea. Hey, don't give up, don't despair, look up. When the outlook gets impossible, try the up look. <laughs> now God has led them into the trap and now God is gonna lead them out. Takes the cloud that's been leading them, moves it behind them and the Egyptians get lost in the fog while God is doing his work out here. He parts the Red Sea, and by the pillar of fire all night long, the children of Israel walk through the Red Sea, the, the wall of water walled up on either side of them as they walk through the path that God has created. For God makes a way where there is no way. Verse 22, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud, and he troubled the host of the Egyptians. And they took off the chariot wheels that they drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let's flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. They began to get bogged down in the mire. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all of the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, and there remained not so much as one of them. 
But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So God now is beginning to build their faith. God is beginning a work in them that is going to prepare them to come into the land of promise. God has for each of you a glorious life of victory in Jesus Christ. Many, many blessed experiences of walking with him. But God leads us, it seems, first through the wilderness for a purpose of training and teaching us to trust in him. Lessons of faith that are so important if I'm going to conquer and take the land that God has promised. Because the taking of the land is actually the appropriation of faith. Every place you put your foot, God said to Joshua, I have given it you, but you've got to go in and put your foot there. You've got to claim it. God has given to us exceeding rich and precious promises. You've got to claim them by faith. You've got to move in and take that which God has promised to you as his child. But before you can do it, you need to learn about God. You need to learn to trust in God. And God is teaching us the lessons of faith and trusting in him, showing us his abilities and his powers. And so we find here the purposes of God. The people feared the Lord or reverenced the Lord, and they believed in the Lord. Their faith now is growing. So Moses broke forth in song, and chapter 15 is actually the song of Moses, uh, of, of God's deliverance and victory. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And they spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he is thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, and Jehovah is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Jehovah, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Jehovah, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. It is interesting to me, uh, the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The Bible says a strong east wind. Now this is putting it in sort of a figurative sense. The blast of God's nostrils, the strong east wind. So next time the Santana blows, just think of the blast of his nostrils. Uh, Sneezed. Uh, <laughs> the enemy said, it's, it's neat figurative language, and I like it. It's, it's picturesque. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I'll divide the spoil, my desires shall be satisfied upon them, I'll draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. 
but you did blow with thy wind, and the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. You in your mercy have led forth your people, which you have redeemed, and you have girded them in the strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold upon the inhabitants of Palestinia, and the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, and the mighty man of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them, and all the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. So the experiences now are preparing me for the future victories, for the future conquest. And God, through his work now, is just preparing my life for that future work that he's planning to do. Ephesians 4 tells us that ye are his workmanship, created together in Christ Jesus under the good works that God has before ordained that you should walk in them. In other words, God already has the plan for your life, and he is preparing you for that plan. Right now, God is working in you. What is the purpose? That he might prepare you for those works he's already prepared for you. Now, later on, we're going to have another song of Moses when we get into Deuteronomy where they acknowledge that all the way God led them. Through their wilderness experience, God led them. He went before them and prepared the place for them to pitch their tents. And God was hovering over them as an eagle over her children. God hovered over them there in their wilderness experience. God was there. They were learning trust in God. They were learning the providential care of God. They were learning the concern of God for his people, even as we are learning now, as God prepares us for those victories that he wants us to go into in his name, for that territory that he wants us to conquer and to possess for his glory. And so this beautiful song of, of deliverance and praise, declaring the glory of God, the fear that will come upon their enemies. Verse 16, fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of your arm, they shall be as still as a stone till the people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which you have purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance and in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And so that acknowledgement of God, of his power, of his glory, of his purposes that he shall bring to pass and how that he shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them, but the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Now Miriam, who was the older sister of Moses, and who is called a prophetess, she is also the sister of Aaron, who was the brother of Moses, took a timbrel in her hand, and all of the women went out after her with their timbrels and with their dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he is thrown into the sea. Now, the Jewish people are a beautiful people as far as 
exuberance and, and, and life and excitement. You get them going and, and, and it's, really, it's really a joy. They love to dance, they love to sing. Man, they get into it, clapping, standing up and stomping, and, and just the hey, you know, and the whole thing. And just, they really love to get into it, you know. You, you notice their music, it's got a real beat. There's a lot of life to it, and, and there's just, you know, they really love to get into it, and they're, they're great to be around because of their exuberance, and, and they really get into it. And, and thus, I can, I can in my mind picture this whole thing. Moses breaking forth into song of God's power and God's deliverance, and, and Miriam, now his older sister, coming out with her tambourine, and all the women coming out, and this big dance going on, and, and uh, the celebration, for God has wrought great deliverance for his people. God has brought great victory. And you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a little excited and showing a little emotion when you think of all that God has done. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order Exodus 14 through 15 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. God bless you and keep His hand upon your life. And may you be conscious of His presence. Not just a thing from your head knowing but in your heart experiencing the nearness, the closeness of God. May the Lord give you strength for every trial and testing. And may you come to that place of a total reliance upon His strength, the acknowledging of your own weakness, the surrendering and the committing of yourself completely to His This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. What does the future hold? Is the end of time really near? When will the church be raptured? What is the rapture? Will we see the Antichrist? What about the Great Tribulation? Join Pastor Chuck Smith as he answers these and many more questions about the end times in his exciting book, Final Act. 
Now available in hardcover, Pastor Chuck gives great insight into man's final days here on earth. Joe Rosenberg calls Final Act a powerful, provocative end times primer. Tim LaHaye states this unique and dramatic treatment is both true to scripture and practical. Read about this exciting drama and get answers to your questions on world wars, the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation, the Second Coming, and more. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673.